All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Friday, November 12th, and I'm joined by Steve Greeley, former Buffalo Sabres assistant general manager. Steve, how you doing? Doing great, Frank. I think we've entered quarter zip season, time of year you and I are very fond of. So a lot of good things in hockey last night. Excited to talk about some good topics. Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock, and let's start with this. John Tortorella last night or this week on ESPN has some high level analysis for Connor McDavid. Let's check it out. He, he complained about it a little bit. He wasn't getting the calls. I hope I say it correctly. Just shut up. You're, you're not going to outscore. You're not just going to fill the net during playoffs and outscore teams. Mm-hmm. You have to play on the other side of the puck. So, yeah, as I said, some high level analysis from John Tortorella. I can't believe this is the guy that they're putting on the air to break down number 97. There's a lot to unpack here. We had Tim Peel on last week to talk about some of the calls that Connor McDavid is already missing this season on the ice. You know, the fact that he's 209th in penalties drawn per 60 minutes since May 1st, it it boggles the mind, uh, yet he continues to produce. So what's going on here, Steve? I mean, Frank, I wish right now you could make my face that emoji with just the mind blown. Uh, I mean, how, how we can go after McDavid changing his game was one of Torts' line. Like, to me, we want every player, every prospect to be more like Connor McDavid. We don't want Connor McDavid to be more like another player. Like, this is the best player in the league. He leads the league in, in scoring by 21 points last year. Like, 
what do we want different? His game is going to evolve, but we're sitting here last week talking about is he going to average two points per game or 1.5. Like this, this is a generational player that I get the complaints. I get when he's getting tripped. So for me, I'd love to see Torts on Edmonton's bench and watch how quickly his tone changes. Well, yeah, I'd imagine at that point he would stop telling him to shut up and he would be the person that voices a lot of those complaints so that Connor McDavid wouldn't have to take it upon himself. I just want to point out those clips that we just saw on repeat are just from this week only. Those are missed calls from this week. That's not from last season. That's not from earlier this year. That's from this week. How is that possible? Well, the guy, hey, we know he has the puck more than anyone, and he's going to continue to create scoring chances, but it's on the refs to call these. And, you know, like every single night, we're going to see this player going to the net for opportunities. And, and I compare it sometimes to the NBA. Like, the superstars do get the calls because they have the ball. It's the same with McDavid with the puck. Like, whether he draws five penalties a night or two, you got to call him. Give Edmonton power plays. This is part of the game, and he earns them. Yeah, and not only that, let's see that historic Oilers power play at work. I mean, we want to see that unit on the ice as much as possible. I don't care how big the difference in calls is per game. This is, shouldn't be an even-up scenario. If they're earning the calls, they need to get them, period, end of sentence, simple as that. So let's talk about another team in the Pacific Division in the Vancouver Canucks. Lots of expectations this year, Steve hoping that they could get back to the team that they were two seasons ago. On paper, they should have been much better with the additions of Connor, Mc Connor Garland and also on the back end in Oliver ekman Larson. And you look at it, the Canucks are floundering to start. Their best players have not been their best players. Garland has delivered. You look on the back end and ekman Larson's been just fine. What's up with the Canucks? You know, Frank, this is a team that I did not have as a playoff team before the year and my tone is not changing. There's something off with the group. Um, they're not good at home, strike one. Their penalty kill is last in the league, strike two. And they just don't be able, haven't been able to me to really generate any momentum. Like we're not seeing sustained attacks. We're not seeing the offense night after night. So I don't know what the team's identity is. I don't know how they're trying to play. I don't know what they think their strengths are. So right now to me, they're just a team that's, Hey, hoping to flip a switch and they get a win. I think this group, this team is in trouble. They're in a bad spot right now, kind of in no man's land for the draft too. You know, like maybe they're going to pick between six and 11, not an immediate help right there in a typical draft year. So I don't know what's next for this group, but I'm not very hopeful that it's going to change overnight. Yeah, the big question mark for me is Elias Pettersson. I mean, you look and you watch their games. I've seen them twice in person to start the early season. And the only time you actually notice Elias Pettersson on the ice most nights is when he has the puck on a stick on the power play. He's not really creating many chances at even strength. And, you know, when you are when you have a talent like that that's being paid like that, he needs to produce. Yeah, as you said, Frank, like your best players have to be your best players. And that's consistent throughout the league. The top teams always have their best guys going when they're in the lineup. So Pedersen's got to step it up amongst others. And, you know, this team's got to find a way to really create an identity and show us who they are. I, I don't know what type of team they are at this point. And when you're, you know, 13, 15 games into the season, that that's certainly alarming. And I think they're going to have a tough time climbing a team – on top of teams that are already ahead of them in the standings. 
Well, you mentioned the standings. I mean, when you take a look at some of the other teams that have been a little bit surprising this year in a good way, the Sharks, the Ducks, the Kings, well, that just spells some trouble for the Vancouver Canucks that I think not a lot of people were counting on in the Pacific Division. So feel good Friday, Steve. And it was certainly an awesome moment for the Washington Capitals and specifically Zach Fucali getting uh, the shutout in his first NHL game, a long-awaited road eight years after he was drafted. And just want to throw this at you, Steve. Zach Fucali has played for two junior teams, four ACHL teams, five AHL teams, and has played a total of 218 minor league games and three Spangler Cups before finally getting a crack in the NHL. Can't imagine how good that felt, not just for him, but also I love when you see the reaction from his parents and you see the reaction from his teammates celebrating with him in the room afterwards. Yeah, this is, a, this is a great moment, Frank, and one, these are the moments we love in the NHL, and, you know, I think you said feel uh, feel good Friday. To me, for a lot of fans, it's probably flashback Friday. You know, we heard about Fukali for years and World Juniors and all these different events, and he was a, you know, highly sought-after prospect, but not only does he get a start, he gets a shutout. You see the, the teammate celebration in the locker room was awesome to watch. You know, guys that he probably doesn't know very well, and Ovechkin and some of them, but they're all celebrating with him, embracing him. They realized what a big moment it was for Fukali. And, and I thought it was pretty special. Like when, when I looked at, you know, back at his career, I, I had a, like 13 different jerseys that he's worn since 15, 16. Like I, that might be more pairs of underwear than I even have. So I'm happy for the guy. Like it's a great story. He was a big time name for a while, but it just shows this is a long road to the NHL. And some guys get there at different times. And now what you hope for Fukali is, Hey, get, get a little hot, get on a little run. Maybe it's like the Hamburger a couple years ago. Um, but great story and you know, gives you chills seeing the family celebrate that, that uh, victory. Wow, a Hamburglar reference. I totally forgot about him as well. I mean, when you look at Fucali's road, and, and yes, at one point he was pretty highly touted, gets called up on three separate stints with the Montreal Canadiens but never plays, probably would have been easy for him at a certain point to just balance and say, you know what? Rather than going through the minors here, I could just go play in Europe and make some serious money. Yeah, and I, I think there was a moment in time where he actually was almost gone there, almost going to the DEL and then never arrived. And I don't know all the details on that, but but you're right, Frank. There's no doubt that crossed his mind and was a possibility. And and you know what? This one game, he just became a Caps alumni. He's now an NHL alumni, and he, and he will play more now. But this is you know this is every kid's dream get one game and now you go from there and it was it was a great road but then it got bumpy so you know the, the amount of cell charge cell phone charges left in hotels over the last couple of years would be an alarming rate for this guy yeah look he's seen some things along the way and, and i just love that his teammates recognize it we talk about it in the media and we tell his story but the fact that his teammates and everyone around him are listening and paying attention and want a shutout for him just as bad as he wanted it in his first nhl game as you said, that's what dreams are made of and definitely a big part of Feel Good Friday. Steve, the Anaheim Ducks have been in the news for a lot of reasons this week, mostly surrounding Bob Murray uh, stepping aside and entering an alcohol-related abuse program. Um, you know, there's been lots of talk about where the Ducks go from here. They have their interim GM now and Jeff Solomon and lots of significant questions to answer between now and next summer, which is when... Henry and Susan Samueli, the Ducks owner, said that they will have a permanent GM in place. But in the meantime, 
you've got three players that are pending unrestricted free agents, including Ricard Raquel, Josh Manson, and Hampus Lindholm. So as we hit another edition of The Negotiator, which you can read on dailyfaceoff.com, can the Ducks afford to lose Hampus Lindholm? To me, it all depends, Frank, on the direction the team's going. It, is it a rebuild time with a new general manager? But for, like, one of the things that's going on right now is with Jeff Solomon taking over in the interim, this is a massive decision. The trade deadline's March 22nd. The Samuelis talked about you know, having a GM in place by the summer. So if Jeff Solomon's running the show until then, end of the day, it's going to be up to him and his staff. Are we trading this guy? Are we signing him? What is next for Hampus Lindholm? You, I know this, Frank, you can't afford to lose him for nothing. So you either go after a large return or you have to have him signed by March 22nd. The AAV at 5.2 right now is outstanding for teams that are going to be buyers. You can work with that, especially if uh, Anaheim ever takes 50%. You know, you, you're going to add to the trade. So for me, I, you can't say whether they can afford to lose them or not because it all depends on direction of the team. Is it a rebuild and we're getting younger assets or are we going to try to stay in the mix? So that that's the big question Jeff Solomon faces. The good news for Jeff Solomon and the Ducks is he's very familiar with the player. Jeff was up in L.A. for must be 15 years, 20 years, whatever it is. He's seen this kid his entire career as a rival player. So, you know, what Solly's thinking, I'm not sure, but we'll figure it out. And you know, as we as we look at some of the contracts, I look at guys that the team will think about. The team's going to say, hey, Jonas Brodeen, Pellich, what's the agent saying? He's going a little higher end. He's looking at Cam Fowler. He knows that Lindholm's played a few more minutes per game than, uh, or a little bit more minutes per game than Fowler over the last couple of years. Justin Falk, both those guys, career points per game, slightly ahead of Lindholm, who did battle a wrist injury last year, gets challenging. The number I look at here is Josh Morrissey coming in at eight years, 6.25. Puts him just below Fowler, but gets him at right that 50 million mark. It's a pretty good way to go out to your 35. So if he wants to stay, he can probably get the eight years in Anaheim. But again, that depends if Jeff Solomon and the staff have him as part of the future or if they're going a different direction. Yeah, and Lindholm hasn't been the elite point producer, as you've just seen in those graphics. You thought that he might be able to get there a few years ago. Hasn't really shown it since, and that's going to hold back certainly his uh, his payday. But I think Josh Morrissey, pretty accurate comparison at 8 times 6.25. That would keep that elite skater in Lindholm, someone that has the pure uh, defensive play as well that no matter what, if you're building around the Ducks, that they would probably need. So thank you to Steve for crunching the numbers uh, and the dollars there. But let's crunch the numbers a little bit further on the Jack Eichel trade. Let's bring in Rachel Dowery for another edition of the Number Crunch. Pleased to welcome Rachel Dowery back to the Daily Faceoff show for another edition of The Number Crunch. And I want to talk about Jack Eichel. You know, we're still not quite done processing that trade yet. And you see and you hear Jack Eichel speak about being a really motivated player. Rachel, when you look back on Jack Eichel's last three seasons, what kind of indication does that give you in terms of what we might be able to expect from Eichel when he's healthy in Vegas? Yeah, I think the one thing he's having surgery today and you never when you have an injury as serious as this, it's never a good thing to just expect he's going to be the same player. But right now, that's kind of all we have to go off of. So in the last three seasons, 
186 points in 174 games. That's over a point a game. That is an elite player. You look at his five-on-five points per 60, he's averaging just over two a game. And then you're looking at his power play points, 6.13 per 60. That's on the higher end um, in the last three years. And on an absolutely abysmal Buffalo team, he somehow managed to win the possession battle. And the real key here is not only was he 58% possession, but he was 14.16% relative, which means relative to the rest of his teammates, his possession metrics were 14% higher than everybody else's on his team or the average. And so that tells me that that's an elite player that was in a bad situation. You put him in Vegas and at five on five, especially with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, I expect that to be one of the best lines in hockey right up there with the boys in Edmonton and the boys in Boston and the boys in Colorado. Rachel, that kind of leads into my question with the line that I am calling the IR line and Pacioretty, Eichel, and Stone. What are your expectations? Like, do you think they can click right away? Is this a team, is this a line that matches up as well as anyone in the league? How do you see them stacking up for the rest of the league? I think five on five, we're looking at one of the really elite lines. If you look at Boston's perfection line, which is probably the best line in hockey in terms of being well-rounded, you've got a bona fide scorer in Pasternak, you've got a well-rounded guy in Marchand, and then you've got one of the best defensive players in the league in uh, Patrice Bergeron. I see some of that with this line here in Vegas. You've got Mark Stone, who should be up for the Selkie, if not winning it every year. Then you've got Jack Eichel up the middle. He's kind of that well-rounded player that can create offense and he can he can both pass and score so he's kind of the Swiss army knife there and then you look at Max Pacioretty bonafide shooter can really put the puck in the net and he's kind of that that Pasternak and so for me when you add to the fact that all three of these players can play off the rush and they're big enough to play the cycle game they're going to be a lot to handle and it's going to be really good in the west where you kind of need that especially come playoff time where like you guys were talking about earlier, you just don't get the calls. And so when you have players who can play a versatile style, I think that's really going to bode well for Vegas in the playoffs. So speaking of getting some calls, uh, you mentioned how Jack Eichel might be a stylistic fit at even strength. What kind of style would he be Vegas Golden Knights power play, Rachel? Oh, I, I love this fit for Vegas. So Right, obviously he's bumping someone off the number one PP. You're not acquiring Jack Eichel to put him on PP two. So for me, I see Max Pacioretty on the one-timer side on the right flank. I see Jack Eichel. He can be a fit in two spots. He can play the bumper because he's able to pass and shoot in the same way that kind of Mark Shifley does in Winnipeg. Or he can play that left circle, right shot, one-timer side. And then Mark Stone at the net front, some of the best hands in the NHL when it comes to that kind of stuff, as well as puck retrievals. So I really see this front three kind of either, whether you want to use Eichel in the bumper or on the left flank, that's going to be a formidable power play to deal with now when you've got guys who can get the puck, win the puck, and shoot the puck. It's a it's a big problem for, for penalty kills. Not that there'll be a lot of power plays in the playoffs, but I think he'll be a nice kind of kick in the pants to get that thing really revving at a high level. Yeah, I think we're all excited to see that. We can start the countdown clock, Rachel. Jack Eichel, as you mentioned, undergoing surgery today, an actual outpatient procedure. So he'll be able to begin his rehab in short order. The expectation is that he could be on the ice in as soon as eight weeks, and we're looking at potentially 
three to four months, somewhere in that window, uh, to get Jack Eichel playing games in the NHL again. Can't wait to see how he fits as you've all laid it out with the Vegas Golden Knights. Thanks so much. This has been another edition of The Number Crunch with Rachel Dowry. All right, Steve, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to answer your questions. And my question for you is this. Today is the one-month mark of the start of the season, since the start of the season. Who is your bounce-back player of the year to this point? Love this question. I'm going to go right now with Evgeny Kuznetsov, who had a quote before the start of the year that, the goal for me is to get my smile back in the game. I watched their game on uh, Monday against Buffalo, and I swear to God, I saw this guy smiling, carrying the puck. I'm not joking. He's skating around, happy as can be. Why is that? Well, last year he battled COVID two times. This year he's healthy. Last season, 50% of his ice time was with Ovechkin. This year it's over 90% with Ovechkin. And he's got Wilson on his line. So nine goals in 41 games last year. You know, he's at five and 13. He looks so dangerous right now. He's a threat offensively. It reminds me of what we saw when he was a point per game back in 2017, 2018. I think 18-19, he was just there, 72 points in 76 games. He looks like he's back to being just a wizard with the puck and such a threat entering the zone right now. So for me right now, that's the guy, and he's doing with Backstrom out, which is huge for the Capitals. Yeah, and Steve, I'd be curious to see what happens with Evgeny Kuznetsov with regards to the Olympics. There was a report out of Russia this week that the Russian Federation is trying to get him cleared. He's still dealing with a four-year ban uh, from a positive drug test at the World Championships a number of years back, 2019. So theoretically, he would not be cleared, but we'll keep an eye on that. But for me, to answer the question, it's Matt Duchesne, National Predators, 14 points in 14 games this year, eight goals. You look at the turnaround for him. I mean, he's already matching last season's output in just 14 games. So um, it's been impressive to see the way that he's bounced back. And what I also like is the sort of moxie that we've seen from the Preds. We saw last year in the way that it played out, a tough start. They battle and get their way into the playoffs by virtue of UC Soros. Now they've got some of their best players being their best players again. In a guy like Duchesne, you see the overtime winner and the charisma on Thursday night. We'll see if the Preds can hang tight in a really tough central. That brings us to our daily face-off best bets of the day. Tyler Uremchuk, how'd you do last night? Uh, pretty good night last night. We went two and one. We hit a plus money bet as well. So uh, on the year now, I like to give a little Friday update. 32, 14, and two is the record, plus 15.2 units. So things are going pretty well. We'll look to keep it rolling into the weekend here. Busy night on the slate in the NHL, which is surprising considering how busy last night was as well. So let's dig right in, courtesy of points bet. The first one, I like the Leafs in this matchup against Calgary. Toronto, 6-2-1 at home on the year. And the Flames are coming off a loss last night against Montreal. Usually Toronto's a team that's really overvalued. And I don't think that's the case here at all. And a big reason why is the starting goaltending matchup. Jack Campbell's only allowed seven goals against in his last five games. And as you can see here, Daily Faceoff has him as the confirmed starter. On the other side, Daniel Vladder, the backup. He's unconfirmed right now. I mean, Markstrom went last night, so we don't like to assume anything. So I'm probably going to wait until Vladder is confirmed on Daily Faceoff to 
make this bet. But as soon as that happens, I'm like in Toronto in regulation. It is paying minus 121 on points. bet. So that's my first play. The second one I like is in the Edmonton Buffalo game. Edmonton playing in the second of back-to-backs. They're obviously big favorites against the Sabres. A good comeback victory for the Oilers last night. And the Sabres are on a five-game losing skid. The other thing, too, usually usually back-to-backs make me want to stay away from games, but Edmonton's actually been really good in back-to-back games. 1-0 this year, 7-3 last year. I like the Oilers in regulation at minus 115. And the other thing, Frank, the Arizona Coyotes are in action tonight. And the people are asking, they're saying, Tyler, is tonight a good night to make money off the Arizona Coyotes? And I'm actually saying no. I don't trust the Hawks in this matchup. But tomorrow, tomorrow might be a good day to make money off the Arizona Coyotes. It's never a bad day to make money off the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> and, and by the way, who, who's ever phone was ringing and vibrating, that is a fine. And you can donate to the 11 fund, which brings us to garbage time with Steve Greeley. You saw the celebration for the Anaheim Ducks with their road win, throwing some money up on the board in favor of a new fund that really uh, hits home with you. Yeah, so last night the 11 fund kicked off in honor of Jimmy Hayes, who's a longtime friend and greatly missed now, a great golf partner. Um, The scholarship program is going to be for underprivileged children at the St. John Paul School in Dorchester, Massachusetts, where both Jimmy and Kevin Hayes went and their three sisters. Um, You know, it's been a tough month for the Hayeses, um, but, you know, we're certainly thinking of Jimmy, and it was nice to see this get going this week. Um, a tribute to him and something that's going to go a long way. And I know we're going to post a little link to how you can donate, but it was a nice moment seeing the league kind of come together. Jimmy never played for the Ducks, played with Kevin Shatkirk back in the day, but it was nice to see the players stepping up from across the league, uh, helping out what's certainly a great cause. And Jimmy, we're thinking of you today like we are every day, bud. Yeah, and cool to see it start on 11-11 as well. Kevin Shattenkirk helping kick things off with the Ducks. As you said, not a lot of those guys would have played with him, but they all threw some money up on the board, which now goes to the 11 Fund. And you can donate at the11fund.org. So, yeah, whoever, if it was you, Greels, or if it was you, Tyler, you can send over some bucks to the 11 Fund and help out from the Daily Faceoff Show. That is all the time we had. This was a fun Friday edition, a feel-good Friday edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. We'll be back again with another edition on Monday, 12 noon Eastern, streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, and of course at dailyfaceoff.com, where you can stay up to date on all the latest news, information, and insight from around the NHL. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.